0: of you that are watching online perhaps you're listening on our podcast we want to welcome you and encourage you if you're ever in the charlotte area stop on by we'll make you feel right at home won't we hope covenant church It feels good in here this morning. I want to pray. I want to welcome the Lord. I want to encourage you to open your ears and your hearts to the Lord. I believe he's going to speak to you. Our entire pastoral team, I don't like to use the word staff because it sounds kind of cold. We're a team. Um, there's no uh, there's no I in team. It's all about team in this church. It's not about a person. It's about the King of Kings. And the yes. Well, it's about a person. It's about the Lord. Yeah. But this team, is uh, we're not here to do a show about a man. We're here to point to the Lord, and so uh, our whole team is going to launch the new year. We've all got something to encourage you with on what I believe will set the year as a good year in your personal life and for us corporately as a church, but let's just welcome the Lord this morning. Father, we welcome you, and we thank you for your anointing. Lord, that you would speak in and through us like we just talked about before during announcements. Lord, that you you would do amazing things this year, Father, as we encounter you and as we seek you. You say in your word that you reward those that seek you with diligence, and this year we commit to diligence, to diligently seeking you, to diligently encountering your presence and your power. Holy Spirit, we call on you this morning. We ask you to speak in Jesus' name that we would forever be changed. If you believe that and you're in agreement, would you say amen, which means I agree? Amen. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Hey, three key focuses for this year they'll be on. Uh, the screen behind me is, number one is daily commitment to the Lord. We're going to dissect these and talk about them as a staff, but I want to encourage you, number one, daily committing yourself to the Lord. How many of you know that's a choice? I could daily commit myself to Netflix, or I could daily commit myself to the Lord. And I'm not saying that you have to choose one or the other. God better get the priority, that's for sure. You can. I'm not criticizing anybody who watches Netflix, but I want to encourage you, To daily commit yourself to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Make time for God. If you need to put it in your calendar, do it. Maybe you need to take out your phone right now, repeating event every single day daily committing myself to the Lord. Whatever it means, there's practical steps that we can take to do this. Number two is weekly committing to the house of God. We need to commit to his church. We need to commit to community. We're better together. And I want to encourage you. And that's why I encourage you if you're watching online, I don't believe there's a such thing as online church. I just don't believe in that because the Bible is so clear that there's something powerful that happens when we get together. And there's been, over the past two years, really an attack on community worldwide. And I'm going to see, I believe we're going to see the church stronger and better than ever. How many of you agree with that? So we're better together. And I want to encourage us, let's commit weekly that we're going to be here and make this a priority. Parents, your kids need to see you wake up and have the discipline of coming to the house of God, not forsaking the assembling. I just made it legal with scripture. And then third committing to grow God's kingdom. I've said this before that it's, it's not a lake. It's not meant to stay stagnant, but the river of God that flows through us. It's, it's for something more than you. It's not just limited to you, but when you are touched by God, it flows through you. You can't help but to tell everybody, you know, about the goodness of a God that you encountered. So Liz is going to read a a couple of scriptures, and we're going to discuss this, but let's read 1 Kings 18, 22 to 20, whatever it is. I I don't know exactly all the verses, but go ahead and read them.
1: We're going to skip a couple verses here, but it's the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal and uh, the comparison of their God versus God's and our God, Elijah's God. 1 Kings 18:22 says, then Elijah said to them, I am the only prophet of the Lord who is left, but Baal has 450 prophets. Now bring two bulls. The prophets of Baal may choose whichever one they wish and cut it into pieces and lay it on the wood of their altar, but without setting fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood on the altar, but not set fire to it. Verse 24, then call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by setting fire to the wood is the true God. And all the people agreed. Verse 25, then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, you go first, for there are many of you. Choose one of the bulls and prepare it. And call on the name of your God, but do not set fire to the wood. Verse 29, they raved all afternoon. This is the 450 prophets of Baal. They raved all afternoon until the time of the evening sacrifice. But still there was no sound, no reply, and no response. Fake news. Yes. Then Elijah called to the people, come over here. They all crowded around him as he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been torn down. I love that. There's so many things we could go off of in in these verses, but I'm going to stick to it. Verse 33, he piled wood on the altar, cut the bull into pieces, and laid the pieces on the wood. Then he said, fill four large jars with water. "'Pour the water over the offering and over the wood.'" So he wanted his offering just completely soaked. Verse 36, "'At the usual time for the offering and the evening sacrifice, "'Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed, "'O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, "'prove today that you are God in Israel "'and that I am your servant.'" Prove that I have done all of this at your command. Verse 38 says, immediately, immediately when he prayed, the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven, burned up the young bull, the wood and the stones and the dust. So even the dust of the ground was burned up. It even licked up all the water in the trench that was
0: dug around it. Okay, so let me recap this and explain what's going on in, in plain English. We just read it, but let me explain to you the story. So there's, there's a, basically a showdown of of power of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which is the authentic, true, real power. And he said, "I want to prove to you that my God is real." Now you've got four hundred and fifty false prophets mm-hmm. versus one prophet of the Lord, mm-hmm. who declares. They're trying to get fire down on their altar. He's doing a showdown. And he's even, he was even mocking them and kind of being sarcastic yes, during was. the process. Yes, like, oh, your gods must be sleeping. Yes. You know, like he was saying all kinds of things during the process. But well, What was happening here was there was a demonstration that Elijah demonstrated of the power of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You go, that's an unusual verse to read on, on the first service of the new year. Not really. Here's what I want to say to you, church, and here's what, what Liz and I want to challenge you with, is we need to be encountering God, and we need to demonstrate God, just like Elijah did. Yes. That we need to go into, we need to be so confident about the power of God, the <laughs> manifest presence of God. Yes. That you carry it, and you demonstrate it to the community. So one of the greatest ways to evangelize is when you see somebody that's struggling internally or you see somebody that's even struggling externally that's got sickness and you're so confident about the power of God, you go, let me pray for you. Yes. And they encounter, how many of you know you cannot know the Lord, you cannot be saved, but have an encounter and have a healing from God. Yes. And that can yes. totally yes. change yes. the hearts of people. Yes. And I believe that the greatest form of evangelism is going to be the demonstration of yes. the super. Supernatural power of God, just like we read about that Elijah did. It worked then and it works now because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The problem is we're not carrying that kind of authority because we don't have that kind of diligence. That's right. You know, when you step out and you prophesy or you speak to somebody or you pray over somebody and you're expecting a demonstrate, you go, well, that's risky. I'm I'm freaked out. You know what? You don't need to be if you trust that you carry the power of God. It's not your power anyway. That's right. Okay. I believe that the Lord would show up and show off if we would get bold. Yes. And I'm praying for a bold church this year that would understand that it is my responsibility. Me, it starts with me. I'm talking about you. It starts with you. You say to yourself, it starts with me. That when we take this responsibility of spreading the message and the goodness of God and the power of God, the demonstration of the manifest power of God to the community, I believe we would see Huntersville changed. I believe we would see Charlotte changed. I believe that there would be, they would be talking about it all over the world, that there's something happening in Huntersville. There's a church, there's a remnant, there's a few people that really took this seriously and my God, there's a revival happening at that church. Do you see what can happen if you take it? Elijah demonstrated the manifest presence of the Lord, the power of God, and it happened immediately. (laughs) I'm believing God for a church that would step out of obedience and then the immediate demonstration of the power of God. If you believe that, would you shout amen and put your hands together? I'm going to call Pastor Kieran and and Laurel up, and and they're going to. While they're
1: coming up, I'm going to just say this. The the amazing thing about Elijah here was he said it with confidence. He was so confident. As Pastor Adams said, he was making fun of the other prophets as they were trying to call down fire from Baal because he knew Baal would never hear what he didn't exist. And the amazing thing is, um, is the confidence that he used. And a lot of us may wonder, You know, how do I get that confidence? What do I do with that confidence? And we're going to talk a little bit more. But it starts with getting to know the Father, getting to know the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. The only
0: one true God. Because he is
1: the same yesterday, today, yesterday when Elijah did this. He's the same today, and he is the same forever.
2: Yeah. Woo! And that segues perfectly into us. Well done, guys. I appreciate it. Um, but Laurel and I are going to dissect uh, Psalm 37, 3 through 7, and we're just going to go through some key words that, that David mentions in this psalm and just focus on the the power and the authority that Adam was just talking about. How many of us want that power and authority going into 2023? Yes. Yes. I absolutely do. I think Laurel does too. Um, At least I hope so. But we're going to dive right into it. I'm going to read Psalm 37, 3 through 7, and we'll go from here. So, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend or feed on faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, again, and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as a noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. And so we're going to go down um, and just tackle each, each one of those words. So trust, dwell, delight, commit, be still, and fret not. And I'm going to start with the first few, and I'm going to hand it over to Laurel. But trust, trusting in the Lord. We have a God that we can fully trust in. We have a God that came down, died on the cross for our sins, not because he did anything wrong, but he died for my sins, he died for your sins, and he desires to be in relationship with us. And so if we cannot trust this God with our finances, with our kids, with our families, with our friends, with our relationships, jobs, all these things then how are we to expect the blessings and the provisions that he promises? And so that is my challenge for this year, to truly trust God with your finances, with the job that you're seeking, with your kids who might be struggling with disciplinary issues or he's crying in the back constantly because he misses mommy and daddy. But um, that might be Ezekiel. But what I'm trying to get at here is that we just truly need to trust God and trust that he will provide everything that we need. And Adam said it perfectly before about saying that we need to be able to trust God with our finances, and that is something we've shared before, our testimony about giving, and it starts with that. It starts with our 10% of everything we receive, not just our income, but our gifts that we get from other people. It is something that it's a good practice to just immediately give that back to God and say, you know what, God, this isn't mine. Mm -hmm. It goes with finances. It goes with our health. It goes with Family and all these things that we are praying together and committing ourselves to God. And this is such an important thing. So fully trusting in God, because when we trust in him, what flows in, Pastor Adam just said this, what flows in throws, um, flows out. And so we need to go out and do good. So that trust that we build with God on our personal time in reading scripture and worshiping and praying together and all these things, these are simple things, but things that oftentimes get pushed to the side. And so what comes in goes out. So I just really encourage you guys to go out and do good, do good in the community. And you're going to see a massive move of God, not only in this church, but out in the community as well. This next word is dwell, and it says dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. I would love that. But dwell, which means to find safety or rest in, you can dwell in this church. You are safe. You are loved. You are protected in this place. Come dwell in this place and experience God's power. There is such power here to experience, and I'm not, this isn't just another commercial, but rather an encouragement to come out, experience God's power, experience the Holy Spirit, dwell in this place. We have awesome things planned for this year, from um, Bible studies to um, what a classes this year is coming up, and there's plenty to be uh, be a part of, and so there's prayer nights, there's fellowship nights, there's all these things that we can come and be together and experience that power. Come on a Sunday. Come every Sunday, not just a Sunday, but every single Sunday. Come be a part of this family and experience that power. And then next thing is take delight in the Lord. And that is exactly what we did at the beginning of the service. We delighted in the Lord. We worshiped with all that we have. And oftentimes it stops there, but it needs to be just the start. Be the start of where... Are the rest of the week goes. And so how are we living our lives throughout the week? Are we worshiping God in our speech? Are we worshiping God in, in our writing emails? Are we worshiping God in our actions? And so that is my challenge again, is just live a life that is worshipful, live a life that is grateful. And that is something for the past two weeks, I've been so touched is just the gratitude. And that is my way of expressing to God, of just saying, you know what, God, Thank you for this. Thank you for this tiny little thing that you did today, but it's so massive. I thank you for my family. I thank you for, for this food in front of me. I thank you for this roof over my head. And there is so much power that comes from that when we truly take delight in the Lord. Amen. So. So
3: moving along onto the next part of the verse where it says, commit your way to the Lord, which Pastor Adam kind of talked a little bit about that, but um, committing. So if we define that as pledging ourselves to God and promoting his kingdom, um, you know, like Pastor Adam was saying, kind of be a big mouth for the Lord. Um, (laughs) Really not just saying, oh yeah, I'm going to read more, I'm going to pray more, but actually committing to do that. Because when we do that, that's when we see our faith grow. That's when we see the Lord move. Um, And you know, not to get too hard on yourself, too, of, oh, well, you know, I didn't do that great today or I had a rough day. Um, God is gracious. And so, you know, when we when we maybe are slacking or we're, you know, maybe not as consistent as we'd like to be, that's not the time to get down on yourself and be like, oh, and totally just jump ship. It's the time to say, you know what, Lord, I repent. Please forgive me for slacking. Give me the desire for you and keep on pressing on in our commitment. Um, And then the scripture, again, says to trust him. This is the second time in two verses that the Bible is saying to trust God, not to mention all the other places in the Bible it says to trust God. Um, But thinking this is a pretty key element to our faith is trusting. Um, Trusting God means being willing to allow God to mess up our plans. It's acknowledging that God sits on the throne, not me. And so, Lord, if you want to wreck my plans for your purpose, amen, I welcome it. Let's go. Uh, Then it says to be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. I am not good at being still, I am not good at being patient, Uh, but there is something so important and so crucial to waiting on God and allowing his plan to come to fruition because he's never early, but he's also never late. And so what does this look like? It looks like getting in the presence of the Lord. It means not just rushing through a few verses, slamming our Bible shut to check it off for the day, but it means, like Pastor Adam always says, to marinate in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Don't just study, but take notes, journal, learn what the Bible is actually saying to us. The Bible is the living word of God. It is the most life-changing book we could possibly read. Um, And so really just journaling, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Because he speaks to all of us. We just have to really make sure that our ears are tuned to what he's saying and to listen to us. Another way to wait on the Lord is fasting. I kind of always drag my feet into a fast. I'm like, oh, Lord, this is going to be so hard. And it's like, yeah, Laurel, that's the point. Uh, It's supposed to be difficult. We are decreasing ourselves. We're weakening ourselves so that God increases and that we're pulling our strength from him and him alone. So being still and waiting on the Lord means getting into his presence every day. Um, and the last one, do not fret. This one, also difficult for me. I am a natural worry wart. I'm a nervous Nelly. I worry about everything for everyone for honestly no good reason at all. Um, but it says do not fret when people succeed in their ways and carry out their wick- wicked schemes. And hello, in today's society, very easy to find. Very easy to panic attack, spiral into the, oh my gosh, things are just so bad. Things are crazy. But you know what? Without God, yes, it's terrifying. But if you are a Christian, if you profess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We don't have to be fearful. Jesus wins. Jesus sits on the throne today and forevermore. And really, it's actually just time to say, God, I want to be a part of your army. I want to be a part of this spiritual battle and do my part in expanding your kingdom. So as we wrap up this part and get ready to hand over to um, Pastors Gary and Cindy, these instructions of trust, dwelling, delighting in the Lord, committing our ways to the Lord, being still and waiting on him and not worrying these are the practical ways that we can deepen our faith we can walk with god and have that faith like elijah does so and it's not just that but reading in the psalms the lord also will honor these things he says that he will give us the desires of our hearts he will act he will bring forth righteousness and he will bring forth justice and i don't know about you but that's an encouragement to me that he yes. does that, not me. Yes. So I would like to just invite all of you to um, take these steps into deepening your faith this year
4: and watch God move. So good. Amen. Wow. So you're, you're getting kind of like a tsunami of God's blessing and word and outpouring on you today. How many, how many feel that? This is all scripture. And look, you can give me tons of different words and tons of different stories, but it's the scripture that changes us. It's his word, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so while we do intertwine, of course, stories and testimonies about, you know, how life has been to us as we've applied the word, it is the word of God that's the foundation that we need to build on. And so I'm just loving what everybody's saying here today. It is kind of fun. And you know what? We didn't compare notes and we didn't get together and say, what are you saying? So we're trusting in the Holy Spirit. But as I'm listening to everybody, I'm seeing the Holy Spirit just, you know, with some real practical stuff. Now that we've talked about the demonstration of the power of God and and just what, you know, what the Lord does for us. Look, we have 66 books in the Bible that we can meditate on, that we can uh, read and study, and things that we can learn from each and every day. And if you don't have time, you know, God is so practical, He's a practical God. If you don't have time to sit down and, and take two hours to study the Word, we have everything at our disposal. Is there anyone in this room that doesn't have an iPhone or a, a, an Android, doesn't have a cell phone? There are apps on your phone. When I'm getting ready in the morning, I put the Word of God on as I'm putting my makeup on. As I'm folding clothes, I'll put the Word of God on. As I'm laying down at night, I put the Word of God on because getting that Word in you is what changes us. Good. Good. Here's my scripture. In Matthew 6, 33, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Look at your neighbor and say, all. 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 This is so simple. You could build your life on this scripture alone. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. What are all these things? Well, if you go back and read in the beginning of the chapter, he's talking about don't worry. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't be anxious for anything. He is a God who wants to bless us abundantly. And, you know, it's, it's so frustrating, and I get frustrated with myself. So even though you're being challenged and exhorted by all of the pastoral team here, we apply this to ourselves. We are no different than you. I sometimes wonder, why, God, is it so difficult for us to do something so simple? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added. Now, does that mean you're never going to have a bad day? You're never going to have a challenge? You're never going to have a trial? Absolutely not. But what it does mean is as I have been walking with the Lord and seeking him, my soul is anchored to God. And therefore, I take the word of God and I know how to apply it with the trials and the tribulations and the things that the enemy wants to come and rob, kill and destroy in my life. You see, God has equipped us with every good thing. All he's looking for is for us to make him priority. And all these other things will be added. And he also says to draw near unto God, my other scripture in James 4, just the beginning, verse 8, draw near unto God, and he will draw near unto you. So he's telling us, yes, there is something we have to do. You can't just sit there and say, Lord, I just want the blessings to shower down on me. He expects us to do something. How many in the room are parents? Do you expect your kids to do something? Now, you guys, you're you're learning because he's little. But you're expecting your children to do something. You love them unconditionally, whether they do right or wrong. And we get just a little glimpse of God's unconditional love for us in our parenting. But we expect there to be something that our children do. You tell them to clean their room. You expect that back. Well, God does expect us to take steps towards Him, draw near to God. He draws near unto us, and in seeking and drawing near to Him, you strengthen your relationship with Him. You get equipped to handle everything you come in contact with every day, and you live according to the Word of God. He just wants us to make Him priority. When we seek him and when we draw near to him, we get more conformed into his image. And I don't know about you, but I have nothing else to live for but the praise of his glory. And that when I go out every day, I don't even want people to see me. I want them to see Jesus. I want to be that helping hand. I want to be that encouragement. I want to be that blessing. And especially in the world we're living in today. God has to become top priority in our thinking and in our actions it changes our lives and gives us perspective that allows us to conquer worries and find purpose and peace of mind. And so again, I challenge you with this. I truly believe that God has created us to be on the earth today in 2023. Look at your neighbor, say 20, 23, right? How many believe we're in 2023? But I believe there's no accident that God has chosen you to be here on the earth during this time. And so no matter how dark it gets, no matter how hard it is, he has equipped you to be able to handle it and minister to his people. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things will be added unto you. He will show you your destiny, and he will help you in your everyday life. And I leave you with this one thing. God is passionate and longing for your attention. Think of the person that you would like to meet? Anyone, just think for a second. It might be a celebrity, maybe a sports person. For me, it was Queen Elizabeth. Of course, she's gone, she's gone on now, so I can't say that uh, you know, I'll ever meet her this side of heaven. But just think of somebody that you would love to meet. Now, you have the opportunity to meet with the creator of the universe every single day. You don't have to long to say, oh, I wish I could meet with him. He has torn the veil and he has made a way for you to get into his presence just like that. There's no ritual. There's no, you know, special format. You can just start talking to him like I'm talking to you today. So make God a priority in your life in 2023.
5: Amen. Hallelujah. Well, most of the things that needed to be said, I believe, have been said. And since the clock is showing me this red dot, I think we're almost out of time. But my scripture for today was Proverbs 16, 2 and 3. All the ways of man are pure in his own established. That's a pretty powerful proverb. God knows our heart. He knows that we try to do what's right. But in the world we live in, let's face it, how many get distracted at least one time during the day, in one way or another. I'm, I'm really being sarcastic because, quite frankly, if you saw the movie, it's squirrel, 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 all day, every day. Our phones are going off, we're distracted. So we say we want to put time aside to pray, and what happens? Our day is consumed, we find ourselves sitting on the couch at the end of the day saying, I'm done. With no energy, no time left for really what God Puts, wants us to put as a first priority. So of all the things that I wanted to talk about, I want to leave you with one thing. Because the most important thing in every one of our lives, your lives, is to devote ourselves in prayer to hear from heaven and know what it is that God wants us to do for him. Period. Full stop. I want to read you a... a A quote from A.W. Tozer, he was a man of prayer, a man of miracles, and spent much time in devotion before the Lord. He's a great example to all of us. He said, when I am praying the most eloquently, I am getting the least accomplished in my prayer life. But when I stop getting eloquent and give God less theology and shut up and just gaze upon and wait for God to speak to my heart, he speaks with such power that I have to grab a pencil and a notebook and take notes on what God is saying to my heart. So I would challenge you for this one thing. I hear people say all the time, I don't hear God. I don't hear from heaven. Well, then that means you're not spending any time with him and you're not reading your word because the word is what brings life to us and he points things out in our life. I would tell all of you, if you've never read the Bible in a year, to decide. Make a choice that you're going to do that. What that sets you up for is you recognize all the things in the Word that you don't understand. And when the Word is spoken from the pulpit, when Pastor Adam gets up here and Holy Ghost gives him a message for us, you will find that it fills all of the gaps for the things that we don't understand. The Word is really not all that complex, but if you've never read through those 66 books that Pastor Cindy talked about, you don't get it. So I have lots of other scriptures. I'm just going to read one other, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. If you're concerned about what you're doing and if you're doing what's right, get it. We're all busy, but there are things that God wants us to eliminate from our portfolio of things to do so that we can spend some time with him. And guess what? That list of things to do in your portfolio will all get done in spite of what you think. Because when we have the power of God on our side energizing us every day, all those other things get taken care of without much effort. But we focus on those things and we grow weary. But God says, don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due time you will reap the reward. So I would say... Find a place and a time every day to get up, pray, find the mind of God, listen. Listen to what Tozer said. Listen to what God has to say, and he will speak to you in his small, still voice. Hallelujah.
0: Here's what I want to do before we dismiss. Repeat this after me. Father, this year I commit that I'm running full steam ahead. Committing myself to you, and I thank you, God, that I would encounter your goodness, that I would encounter you in ways I never have before. Jesus, I'm a willing vessel. Here am I. Send me, use me, do with me what you choose in Jesus' name. If you believe that, would you sh- give God a shout of praise and put your hands together? Thank you, guys. We love you. Next week is going to be a good week. You're dismissed. We'll see you guys. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc, and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.